Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. All right, we are live on YouTube, on Twitter, on Rumble, and we will also be live on Rockfin here in one moment. I'm doing just a live stream and commentary of Charles Barkley's new show with Gail King on CNN called, what's it called? King Charles. Has nothing to do with a UK king, unless they have him on as a guest. King Charles has on King Charles. Maybe they'll do that one day. Would love to see Charles Barkley interview the King of England. But we're still waiting for the show to come on. All I'm going to be doing is playing the new show on CNN. And then during the commercial breaks, I'll comment, maybe comment during the show a little bit. But figured I was going to watch it anyway. Maybe cut some clips from it. So I just decided to stream and watch it with anybody who's around right now. So we're still on a commercial break for those listening. I don't know what this is a commercial for. Pretzels.com. Let's see what they say here. 48% of Americans don't get enough magnesium. Yeah, well, there you go. 48% of Americans don't get enough magnesium. I wonder if this is a Pfizer-supported commercial. I I don't know. Maybe there's a vaccine for magnesium support that Pfizer will come out with and Fauci will champion. Who knows? This is an interesting commercial here that we're looking at. I have it on silent, but you rarely see a hetero white couple in commercials anymore. They just don't do it that way with the the diversity push and commercial casting. They always like to go for that DEI angle. Of course, maybe a redheaded chick like this one, a very attractive one, is fulfilling that DEI requirement in this commercial. Luxury mattress. I don't know who this guy is. Dr. James Ruby. Henry Kissinger just died. That's just now breaking. He was 100 years old. So that meme where the Grim Reaper is playing that bowling alley game where you try to reach the arm in and pull out the stuffed animal, except the Grim Reaper is pulling out people that are going to die. And the Grim Reaper is going, is Kissinger even in here? Well, I guess that meme can be put to rest, or it's going to change a little bit. I suspect there'll be a new version of it out Close pretty captioning. soon. Brought to you by Gilt. Visit Gilt.com today for up to 70% Brought to you by Gilt. Brands. That's Gilt great. This is a CNN ad. This show is brought to you by Gilt. Not this show, but this new Charles Barkley show. I love that they have a sponsor called Gilt for the new show. Is this, Thank you so much for joining early us here from what? Tel Aviv. A new oh, kind no. of conversation with Gail King and Charles Barkley is starting right now. King Charles and its premiere begins now. There's that am- animatronic robot, Caitlin Collins, introducing. Hey, Gail. Hey, Mr. Barkley. You know what I'm saying? Hello. Yes, it's Charles Barkley. <laughs> Everybody looks good when they're walking. Charles, she said I'm gorgeous. You are. <laughs> is there a politician you trust? In office today. No? Okay. Uh, I guess not. I do trust our current president, Joe Biden. You do? Yes, I do. Do you? Are you concerned about his age? No, I am not. Do you think covering Beyonce or Taylor Swift full-time would be a dream job? No, because I'm respectfully, I'm not a fan of either. Whoa! Whoa. Security! 
So they did a little man on the street bit From there the to CNN open up. Studios in New York City. It's King Charles. We're not going to waste your time. Nope. With Gail King. I'm Beyonce, but you can call me Gail. And Charles Barkley. Let's call the shit out here. Tonight. Wow, he's swearing. NBA coach Steve Kerr. Hip-hop artist Fat Joe. CNN's Laura Coates. And from the ringer, Van Lathan. King Charles starts now. So those were the guests. Going in. King Charles starts now. Welcome, welcome. I like how that started. I am so excited. Great work by the crew. Me too. Thank you, crew. We thank you so much for joining us tonight. This is King Charles, our brand new show right here on CNN. Now, just seeing the two of us should tell you that this is going to be something a little different. Wouldn't you agree? Uh, That's an understatement. That's an understatement. But it's going to be fun. How so? Well, How is that an understatement? Well, because we're going to have fun. Yep. We're going to give opinions. Yes. We're not going to be opinionated. We're going right. to give opinions. There's a difference. That's right. But I already, I'm already a little worried, Charles. I went to the dentist today, and I was leaving. A woman came up to me, and she said, Gail, I'm really excited about your King George show with Charles Barkley. Listen, first of all, I just want to make people think I'm not calling myself King Charles. Okay. It's Gail King and, and Charles, Charles Barkley. Barkley. Yeah, there's a method to our madness. Yes. We're going to talk but about some of the Charles biggest stories in the world. But you should know we are not a show of record. We are a show of what we find interesting. Some of it will be very serious. Some of it will be silly. That's me. Some of it will be both. Because please frankly, have Charles Barkley talking sort of about Israel and Palestine. Well, it should be fun, but sometimes we got to be serious. That's right, and we know how to do that. Hopefully, this show will be a place for people who care about what's going on in the world, but also a place for people who might just need a bit of a break. And I'm thinking we all need a break these days. We definitely need a break Cause, from, cause, from life today. Because the world is not. So the comedic show, witty way, banter back and forth street. is we one thing they're obviously you. trying to so push here. So we're asking here. you this. Please Do leave they us have a the voicemail. Ask us anything. And Charles, we have our own number. What is it, dear? What's our one number? 1-855-3434-KING. Okay. okay, now tell people what that number means. Uh, well, I don't okay. know what the 855 is, but 3434 <laughs> is my number from Phoenix and Philadelphia. And for my special friend, King. And look how cute you look. How old were you in that Sixers Is this uniform? a call-in number Probably we're 26, getting here? I'll call in. 26. And you lost a mustache when? Well, when I realized it was ugly. Okay. one 855 32. Very nice. Very nice. Those called the good old days. Uh, we like Steve. it. Tonight, NBA head coach of the Golden State Warriors. I'll bet you know him, Steve Kerr. Great coach, great person. Really nice guy. He's going to join us to talk about how the loss of his father... To an act of terror in the 80s shaped his worldview. Plus, we'll talk about a Georgia trial. A lot of us are talking about this. It's got huge implications that does not involve the former president. And the two people who say they have the best jobs in media, right? I'm going to call in and see if I can get through. I probably won't be able to, but I'm going to ask Charles to comment on the situation in Gaza if I do. Kidding. Beyonce and Taylor Swift's new national correspondents are making their TV debut tonight. But first, Charles, we got to talk about this. Roll tape. There's people with all sorts of shysty backgrounds. And all of a sudden, George Santos is the Mary Magdalene of the United States Congress. I will not be resigning. Are we to now assume that one is no longer innocent until proven guilty and they are, in fact, guilty until proven innocent? Or are we now to simply assume that because somebody doesn't like you, they get to throw you out of your job? The American people aren't worried about George Santos. They're worried about 
uh, what they're paying for gas. They're worried about what they're paying for eggs. What we've said as the leadership team is we're going to allow people to vote their conscience. I think it's the only appropriate thing we can do. Um, this show is marketed as not being political at all, and they open up with this. <laughs> um, I personally have real reservations about doing this. Okay, trips to Atlantic City, casinos, and the Hamptons, shopping at Hermes, Botox, and purchases and purchases rather on OnlyFans. He's just Charles, open about, about his your OnlyFans account. I don't have one of those. Okay, I don't have one of those. Okay, just checking. According to a House Ethics Committee report, that's just a day in the life of New York Congressman George Santos. So, where to begin all on, on all? Where to begin on all of this? We brought in Van Lathan of the Ringer's Higher Learning podcast and the host of. Laura Coates live. Hello, Laura. <laughs> Laura Coates is with us now to help us sort it, sort it all out. So there's a third attempt to expel the Congressman Santos right now. What was that called? You kick number? it off, Charles. Yeah. What are you thinking? This story, makes, this, this story makes me sick to my stomach, to be honest with you. First of all, it shouldn't take three attempts. Gail, there's no job in the world where you could lie that much and keep your job. There's not a normal person watching this show Politician, who would media, go to a yes, job and just tell complete lies, and then they found out about it, and they would keep their job. He works for CNN who does that all the time. Three times. I mean, this show shows you how broken our political system is. Yeah. You can lie that much and keep your job. Yeah, but people say you're innocent until are. proven guilty. Well, he's been proven guilty. You, well, he has the ethics report. Yeah. Right? And I, I admit, I mean, the receipts, first of all, the receipts... The Botox, the receipts, yeah. is it Ferragamo? Is it the idea? Not a lot of diversity uh, I mean, on this I show, huh? I can't afford Hermes, so I will mispronounce it every single time. Yeah. But you also have the, the OnlyFans. I mean, everything about it. He is defiant. And he is saying, and he's daring everyone, he's saying, put up or shut up because you might down the line have Did some say, allegation against up? you and they're going to expel you. Now, it won't be the same thing, but that's what he's holding on to, this sort of slippery slope attitude. But it makes me think, though, guys, that there's no shame. It's not, There's but no that's, change. I mean, that's where we are in America. I love him. I'll just be honest with you. You, you love, love him? George Santos? Yeah, so I didn't like him. And then I found out that he spent 400000 on OnlyFans, and I'm like, that's me. You know what I mean? Who is Van Lathan? He's the co-host of The Ringers. Van, America has to come to grips with who we are. Yeah. We think that we're Barack Obama, this super polished, educated guy who never says anything wrong. But really, right now, America is George Santos. We are the OnlyFans freak who is going to the casinos and doing all of this stuff. I think he's the perfect mascot for political dysfunction. I want so, to see him so stand around think, for as long as he can. Ben, do you think political scandal is now normalized at this point? Is this where we are today? <laughs> it's been and normalized for 100 been years. But it's never been sensationalized to this degree. Oh, You've yes, always it has. had Gary Hart. You've always had... You know, uh, the Kennedy that wasn't brothers. Considered and all. No, it's the communication apparatus that spreads the information globally quickly, far more quickly. It's always been like this. And yeah. I think we need a mascot for First that. First of all, I, if, if George Santos and lying like he is, is American, I must not be. I must need to check my passport again. That's, yeah. not, that's not a normal thing what he's doing. Yeah. There's a couple things. Uh, I do think you're right. The reason the other politicians don't condemn him, they don't want us looking into their what they're doing with their money on the side. <laughs> That, that's what I truly believe because there's no way He's all that right stuff, about that. the fans only and spending all this money, they don't want us looking at their bank accounts where their money goes. But my biggest problem goes back to you shouldn't, you, you can't get elected lying like that. Yes, you that's can, That's my problem Charles. with the whole thing. You you should not. <laughs> Obviously, you, you can. Get, everybody else will get fired from their job. 
And we're not talking about the stuff you're talking so about. So is he naive like, or is he, he just playing dumb? What do you think? He didn't have any yeah. of those. He didn't even go there. He didn't yeah. go there. He lied about where he worked. He didn't work there. He didn't that, work there. That, yeah. But can I be rude that, with that you? That stuff has been proven. Can I be rude with you, though? Yeah. Once again, I mean, I'm not making excuses for George Santos. I actually think that's kind of normal. I think if you looked at people, they lie on their resumes. They lie about who they yeah, are. They, yeah, that, that's a, no disrespect. That's a good a job at a, a fast food restaurant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I may have lied about my weight on my driver's license, but everyone does do that. Well, how much do you weigh? Tell us. People lie on their resume. I believe that I don't think most so. I, I don't either, Laura. No, I don't either. No, not to that extent. No, they might yeah, embellish. Like, maybe yeah. they might yeah. talk about that, you know, all the things they have done through the course of a 40-hour week to gain experience. But he was saying things like, at first, he was Jewish. Oh, no, no, actually, I was just Jewish. And he talked about about um, his mother being involved in some respect of 9-11. Yeah, yeah. It did not happen. happen. Then yeah. he talked, mind you, and you said his money. Yeah. It's not his money. It was campaign-related yeah. money. It belonged it to the campaign. Yes. It was donors who yeah. had the money that they spent now on his forehead and Botox. I so think that, people, that, man, I think the, people embellish sometimes. on, But I don't think the extent of his lies, right. is, that's what I think. And I think the fact that he has doubled down and says, I'm not going anywhere. Let that's me, what let I me, don't get. Let me be serious for a second. I think that the campaign finance reform, uh, the campaign finance irregularities and things like that, I think those are serious issues. Mm -hmm. I do think there is a part of this that is the policing of the quirkiness of George Santos that makes him an easy political target to me in a climate where there is so much rampant lying, misinformation and misleading of the American people mm -hmm. that he's being scapegoated in a way. I don't like well, most. In fairness, though, man, most people lie after they get the job. They don't lie to get the job. <laughs> no, they do, you know, Charles. Right, yeah. right, right. That's what they do. That's what the, the network you're on and does. And they continue to lie. After. Most politicians, they don't start lying and become crooks to after they get the job. Yeah. That's my problem with this whole fiasco. But I think you're they probably love how naive he say, appears anyway. Uh, people aren't really, some of his, his fellow colleagues aren't criticizing them because they don't want him looking, they don't want them to look at what they're doing. 100%. Because, because George Santos is sort of implying that if he goes down, he's not going down alone. You saw what he that, said he the said other day. Yes. He is very clear about that yeah. threat. And I bet, of course, there are skeletons in the closet of many members of Congress. I'm sure we can find that, which is why part of the reason here, people have criticized the media because the fact that we're finding out this stuff through the ethics report or yeah. after the election at a time when normally when you had local newspapers that were flourishing at a different time, and everyone wasn't turning towards television for all their news all the time. You had vetting. You had the opposition research from the other candidate that would have found this stuff out. In fact, his yeah, own okay. campaign found out a lot of this stuff, but they still allowed him to get there. And as the people of his well, district that are now suffering because it's probably going to flip back once he's not in office. The vote to expel is going to take place this week. The uh, set looks around. like a Stacey Abrams Yes. Yes. Oh, man. man. I guess. Really? <laughs> I mean, yeah. I'm not going to do nothing to Congress. We might as well be entertained. But yeah, right, I'll vote Vin. to expel. All right, Van. Just ahead. <laughs> I would definitely vote to expel. Just ahead. <laughs> We're going to talk about a trial with wide-ranging implications Some... for American culture. That, as we said earlier, does not involve the former president. Should a rapper's lyrics be used as evidence? We'll see. We're talking about that right after the So, break. Gail King, someone took a pink pussy hat from the Women's March and turned it into a full suit for Gail King. And the King Charles logo has king in gold, yet it has Charles in, in purplish pink. I wonder if he knows what that logo is. And he, he's okay with that. It's, it's a, little, a little effeminate there. Uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call right now. And apparently you can only leave a message, but we will... 
we'll call anyway. I'm going to X out of the Rumble app here for a second real quick. And we'll see if we can get our question answered. Of course, they're not going to let you call in live. That would have been too good to be true. one 855 3434 King, which is five, four, six, four. All right, here here we go. Put it on speaker. It's busy. Everybody's calling in. Everybody's wants to get Sir Charles' opinion on various topics. I'll keep trying during the commercial break. What do you guys think so far? Uh, I I think what they're obviously trying to do is they're trying to play up Charles Barkley's humorous, outrageous side that has made him so popular and his relationship with Gail King. They seem to think that they have found a match there. When they're cast in a movie sometimes, what they'll do is they'll have maybe four people in mind and for, for a couple character. You know, two chicks and two guys will narrow it down after a bunch of auditions. They'll put you on right of first refusal because they know it's going to be one one of the two, but you know who they cast as a guy is going to depend on who they cast as a girl and the chemistry. So this appears to be the the chemistry they want. What do you think of their chemistry so far? I don't think it's there. I think it's too scripted. Uh, a Rim says, "Ask Barkley if he sees the irony of arguing about the sins uh, of the crime of lying while on CNN." That's a fantastic question. Do you think A Rim that? Barkley is just naive to CNN and what they do, or do you think he is just playing along? I bet he's hardly ever watched CNN, if I had to guess. And they just went to him and said, we think that you're a smart guy, and would you like to come be on our show? You know, you can uh, have this level of freedom. They put Gail King in there to be his handler, perhaps, and they do the man-on-the-street stuff because they know people will recognize Barkley, and they'll be excited about that. Let's see. Let's try again. See if we can get through. Still busy. Do you? I wonder if I, I just have a hard time believing that so many people are watching this new show on CNN and are also calling in that the phone lines are busy. I mean, what year is it? Twenty twenty three. Do you not have a system set up where you can divert calls to the voice message system? I mean, th- this seems almost like this is a little bit of a trick to make it seem like the show's more popular than it is because it feels like when you tried to call into a radio station 15 years ago and you just had to spend all day calling in. And that's just how popular this is because people are flooding the call lines to get Gail King and Charles Barkley's opinion. This is bullshit. There's no way it's that busy. one eight five five. Yeah, you don't have to have, you don't, you don't have a busy signal in 2023. It's like if I were calling on this flip phone here that you see, my old flip phone, my Zach Morris phone from high school, which I actually walked around Publix the other day with and kept telling people they had a call. Here we are. We're back. Welcome to King Charles. Yes, we are so glad to be here. All right. This is what we're going to do now. Play something for you right now that many people think of simply as music or art. And we're asking you to please keep an eye on the lyrics at the bottom of the screen because prosecutors are calling them evidence. Tried me, almost got popped in Linux. As the cops, as this shit, they know all the business. 
That's the cops and the tips of all the jurisdictions. That's the kids at school who ambition, all the missions. Gave the lawyer close to two mil, he handled all the killings. Now, those lyrics from Just How this, It Is, a song by Grammy-nominated hip-hop artist Young Years Thug, ago. were quoted in the indictment for racketeering and gang conspiracy charges the rapper is currently facing. And the judge says this, that prosecutors are allowed to use these and many more in trial. Well, that has a lot of people talking. Back with us to break it all down bar for bar. We're so glad Laura Coates agreed to stay. Laura Coates, by the way, she's a badass. She happens to be she's a CNN's she's chief hit. legal correspondent. You're going to be on the air later on tonight. I am. I'm happy to be in this right fabulous this. show. And Grammy-nominated hip-hop artist, author, and entrepreneur, Fat Joe is here. Fat Joe, Fat we're Joe. So doesn't look so Thanks fat. So we want to start with you because he's, you've been uh, behind the push to stop the, this kind of prosecution. What's your reaction when you see that he's on trial, accused, and, and that his lyrics can now be used against him in this trial? That's horrible. It's a travesty. Uh, I've been rapping professionally for 30 years. I've lied in almost 95% of my song. <laughs> I'm being not lied. Lied. I write like I feel that day. Mm -hmm. I'm just being creative. So, you know, if you, isn't that you where his reputation put, comes from? You couldn't build the jail high lyrics? enough for the lyrics I've said on songs, which are all untrue. What I am is a family man, a person who gives back to my community all the time, open businesses in my community. So the music would never amount to the actual person, Joseph Cartagena. Mm -hmm. So what's what's I didn't see what the exact lyric was. The, the district attorneys, they know those lyrics ain't real. They know that's creativity. But if it helps their case, did something happen? They'll use it to put these guys directly related and here to the we're lyric. having That'd a fun show about it and discussion. But there really is like was it I'll kill that MFR that MFR was killed. Who might spend the rest <laughs> of their life in jail for something that's uh totally not true. Yeah, you're saying this is not a laughing matter. This yeah, it would have to be sad. a direct well, link, very, in my opinion. Very specific lyric. Like they said the exact name uh, of the person would, would and that person guys got was killed or something. That that'd have to be the are employed by them. The evidence that they pay their bills, you know, no Thanksgiving for them, no Thanksgiving for the hundred employees. You know, and this this case right here is setting such a, a precedence in America because they've used this before an up and coming aspiring artist. They never took a guy off the stage in the arena, mm -hmm. you know, a number one the artist that my daughter and all the kids look up to and say, no, you're going on trial for this. And uh, this it's is nasty an work. Trial. It's real nasty work. But you know what? Let me play devil's advocate, a.k.a. prosecutor, because, you know, the phrase everything you say can and will be used against you in yeah. court of law. We, we all know it from law and order. Yeah. But more directly, they are being charged with this RICO violation, this conspiracy I that says you have a criminal enterprise, a gang. And what you're actually rapping about is not a lie that they're saying. It's not a lot. It's evidence. We want to use it that way. Now, you know, embellishment happens all the time. And obviously his argument is. I'm just saying these things because it sells, not because I actually did it. But you only have to prove in these type of cases that you actually ordered them to do it. But you have to have that this enterprise was around and they carried things out. And so maybe you're trying to deter people from using it in a way to incentivize other people from thinking it's real. And let they're me, saying, they're let saying me play too. devil's advocate with you. They're accusing the guy who sings the song of being the, the leader of a, a criminal gang. That's what right they've connected it to. I don't know the de full no, details. Right. You know what I would do if I was I, a defense? I actually think this is the case where Trump said that Fannie Willis, or Fonnie Willis, as she calls herself, the French version, version was uh, hooking up with one of the people in the gang, but I, I'm not 100% sure. However, you got that RICO chart. What about freedom of speech? 
that's that's going to be the argument, but that's not who they're talking about here. They're really saying you're free to say what you're saying, but you're not going to be not liable for what you have said. If I were to hire somebody as a hitman, I had the freedom of speech to say it, hire Joe but Biden. I can be prosecuted for having asked the person. Well, don't they have to actually hire a hitman if somebody died? That's the thing about Rico. I don't have well, to actually carry out the crime. Yeah, the it's overt like the mob action. boss crime everyone talks about. But that's that's most of the time, that's Rico why they're talking the about this right is. there. Yeah. This is a mob boss crime. It's there's this is the associations with the Trump mob boss crime. It's about overt acts that can be there can be inferred criminal activity. It's all linked together. The Latino community and they slain case too, Laura. You know, there's also in a Rico case. Yeah, absolutely. That's this. This is why everyone's not only because it's YSO, not only because of what represents the reasons you're talking about, Joe. And that really is the crux of this case that people are talking about it. But also because this is the same crime that Donald Trump is charged with. And this is the same DA, Fonnie Willis, who is looking at this case and everyone said, how is she going to try this one to figure out the rest? But it's different because there are states like your own hometown in New York that are saying you should not be able to use rap lyrics to get somebody in prison. But you should be able to use tweets. But it's the truth. Martin Scorsese should be in jail for 10 million years. And so they're talking about rap lyrics being used, yet the Trump indictment uses tweets that he sent out because this guy killed 10,000 people in movies. Oh, oh. So it's oh, like, if, if we saying, <laughs> I'm telling you, I lied for 20, 30 years of my life on music, just being creative and telling stories. How could you be charged for your imagination? But one of the things the prosecutors say to Joe and Laura, help me with this. They say the things that he rapped about have actually happened. You know, that that's one of the arguments. You know, if you're a gangster rapper, whatever you rapping about happens in every inner city. And if you can make it close enough, then you could use that to your advantage. Mm -hmm. The truth is, if you really want to put these gentlemen in jail and they're really criminals, use real evidence, use real facts. But they're saying I could have rapped about it, but that doesn't mean I did it. it, it, I've seen it. So right there, if you're a good journalist, you say, okay, so what about in the Trump case where they use tweets? Should they also use real evidence and facts? Do you apply the same standard there? Of course, they won't do that. Don't add up. But uh, this definitely puts vulnerability once again to all rappers all around the world, up and coming. And not only that, I, the one thing I agree with you, Laura, and you're very intelligent, is I do believe that freedom of speech is on trial in America right now. We're using the face of a rapper, but this is freedom of speech on trial. Do you feel that it's just the rap, the rap community that's under fire? Because there have been other genres yes. who have talked the about violence. Shot the fire. sheriff. You know, mama, I just killed the man. Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just so many songs, you know, but it always targets the rap these community. White songs so that's like why that. we got to be very, very careful with the youth. And they got to really take notice to what's going on right now with this trial, because once again, this has been used against artists before, but that's artist Joe Schmo. Mm-hmm. They went and took the number one artist in America and put them on a Rico trial. I mean, this is unheard of. Also. And they're doing this because I'm watching the trial every day on YouTube. This is on TV. Mm-hmm. This is <laughs> it's not just the lyrics, though. I mean, and, and some of it is they are talking about YSL as being a subset of the bloods and they're using body language. They're talking about, you know, the, is it the wipe the nose motion they're trying to do? They're talking about slap, different, different words that are being used to say, you all have some representation and some camaraderie in a way that tells me young thug that you're is one a of them. Supporter. And so they're adding that to the lyrics. We're talking about that he rented one of the sedans. I'm not saying he's guilty because there is a presumption of innocence, 
But it's not just the lyrics. It's not just an isolated in the vacuum. It is the culmination. And it's years worth. Do you really think that he is the Joe Schmo rapper? Because he is, I mean, he's YSL now and he really is somebody. I don't know how you're the number one rapper in America and could run a criminal enterprise. I just don't know how that works. This guy's on tour. What about the president running for president and running a criminal enterprise? But to say he's John Gotti. It's it's because that's what we're saying, right? Mm-hmm. The Rico, like I I I can't see it in that way. Now I don't know this young man. I don't know. I'm here on the issue of freedom of speech, mm-hmm. so I can't tell you what evidence they do or they don't have. Mm-hmm. But I know Rico itself is like the easiest case to convict in the world. And then you got the lyric rap lyrics. It's yeah. like man, the it fix requires is in. no like, real you know, hard it's evidence. Like, so you're very worried. Walk in the you're park. worried about this. Very worried about this. Yeah, it, it's 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 an ugly it's an ugly case. You know, it's an ugly case. Uh, you know, Atlanta's a tight knit community, and so everybody knows everybody over there. Even though it's a big city, everybody knows everybody over over there. And 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 the factor that you have to always keep in mind is the human factor. Yeah. Human. There's jealousy. There's hatred. You know. You know, I've seen it myself. I've been racism. Get racism. I've been in places where, you know, I've I've watched police officers look at me like, yo, why is he eating steak and lobster in the year? Why is he drinking champagne and walks past all of us? So it brings some type of envious and and jealousy to it. So um well, this trial be... is just getting started and oh yeah, all eyes on it. Joe, thank you so much for thank coming you, in. Yeah, I love the bubblegum pink. <laughs> yeah, that's the color of her outfit. This seems like an analogy to Trump to me. So I'm looking this up, and I'm not 100% sure, but I found an article from 2019, and did he mean it jokingly, or was he serious? Kind of seems like he might have been serious. It's It says, Young Thug wishes Donald Trump a happy fourth and teases that he might actually run for president, but the article seems to suggest that Young Thug was a fan of former President Trump's, and if he is, if that is true, maybe it's not, but if that's true, then perhaps that is why he's been brought up on these RICO charges. Because there's another article that says that both Trump and Young Thug have a mob boss problem. And what's interesting is that guy there on the set, we could have easily found out what his belief was about Trump if you just, because what he was arguing if he argued the same thing, then he would be arguing against the RICO indictment against Trump as well, just like he is against Young Thug. And it would have been interesting to see if he recognized that his argument meant he was basically also defending Trump. Or if he would have switched it and said, oh, wait a minute, but in this case, the tweets he made were actually insightful of an insurrection. But of course, they didn't bring that up. And that is where I've already seen Charles Barkley. So Barkley didn't talk very much in these first two segments. They have four people there, probably, and three of them are, or two of them are CNN people plus Barkley. So that other chick hosts uh, one of the, the show that Don Lemon used to host, CNN Tonight. And so I think that they padded Barkley with this first show and brought in this other guest immediately so that they could minimize the opportunities that Barkley had to ask questions that they might not have wanted him to ask or say things that would have been inappropriate. And they can also redirect the conversation and handle him in real time because Barkley 
if this were inside the NBA, would have pointed out the parallels. That's what he, he does that. Like, he's good at doing that in, inside the NBA. He would have said, but, but that's the same thing that they're doing to Trump. Hey, what's up, Noble Victory? You're, you're, you're the only one in the chats on uh, YouTube, but we're also on Rockfin. We're also on Rumble, and we, we have some people comment in the chats here. I'm just getting to them at the commercial break. Tony says, I've always liked Sir Charles. I have too. I didn't like his vaccine position, but he gets in trouble because he says things that don't align. You can't put him in a box. So he'll say something one day that you think is, oh my gosh, it's so crazy and dumb. And then he'll say something the other, the next day where it's like, okay, now, now he's opening, he, he's, his eyes are open. And he also, from stories I've read, seems like he's a pretty good guy. Which is why I was interested in watching this show, because he's either going to get kicked off and they'll cancel the show quickly because he'll be himself and he'll say something they don't like. Or he'll go back to Inside the NBA and he'll say something making fun of the CNN show on Inside the NBA because Shaq will make fun of him and they'll kick him off because of that. Or he is going to just sacrifice his whole personality that made him popular as an analyst and submit to the CNN propaganda lords. I hope he doesn't do that. I do, I agree with yeah, a comment from Z Varnell on Rumble. It says, after milking Barkley for the publicity, he'll say something dumb and they'll replace him with Kathy Griffin or something. Yeah, I, that's probably, that's a good analysis, I believe, right there. So, so far, I think they are, controlling Barkley very much and relying on everybody else. And that, that's probably what they're going to have to do. So maybe that is how they'll do this. They'll always surround Barkley with, they'll use his face and his personality and they'll put four or five other people to control him during the show. And those people will always cut him off and interrupt him and redirect him if necessary. I do not get why they are putting his name. Welcome in back. We're excited about our next guest. He's one of the great people in the NBA He's Steve won Kerr. five championships as a player, four as a Okay, they're talking about Steve Kerr. That's who's coming on the show right now. Now, Steve Kerr is known for using his press conferences. He's a Golden State Warriors coach, using his press conferences after the game to make left-leaning political statements. So let's see where this goes. From the Chase Center in San Francisco, Steve, I have to say, full disclosure, you coach one of my favorite players on one of my favorite teams. Shout out to Steph Curry. Really, really, really love your team, and I think the world to you. We want to talk about that in just a second. But first, we've all been watching hostages reunited with their families after the terror attack in Israel and the war that's followed. Let's see if Barkley we thought that Steve Kerr would have a very unique perspective on this. Why? Some of you may not. Some of you at home may not know about this, but Steve Kerr was born in Lebanon. His dad was Malcolm Kerr, was a professor there and president of American University of Beirut. Here he is in a 1983 CNN interview. That's his dad. And uh, now, of course, political controversy clouds many things, but I'd say that the main reason Lebanese, Syrians, uh, Palestinians, Egyptians, and others still want to keep in touch with the United States and still believe in contact and so on is because they know we've got things like this in our culture and our society that are really fundamental education, medical care, research, open doors. 
Boy, three months later in 1984, when Steve was a freshman in college, his father was assassinated by terrorists. So, Steve, you, you bring a very unique perspective to this conversation. Big side, just yeah, but I'm looking at your Charles dad on the bring. tape. You know what it's like to lose a family member to an act of terror. And I'm wondering what your thoughts you are. You guys keep you're calling in, by the way. Israel I'm going to keep Well, it's it's devastating, and of course, uh, as it's happening, it, it reminds me and my family of, of what happened to my dad, and and so we understand the loss uh, that so many people are feeling, um, you know, both in Israel and in in the Gaza Strip. It's just devastating the the atrocities of so the attack. Look itself. at Charles. Sorry to cut this off here, but you see Gail King looking straight to camera. Charles is looking at the TV screen over there, so you can see that it's just a little. So nobody told him. Look straight forward. Although I don't see a problem looking at the TV screen. Really terrible memories for my family and me. I was wondering about that. How did you get the news about your dad? You're a freshman Steve in college. Steve Kerr did, did love wearing his mask. You're right. Yeah, got a phone call in the middle of the night from one of his uh, colleagues uh, at the American University uh, about 3 a.m. And, um, you know, I just remember um, basically hysterically crying and not knowing what to do. And, and, uh, it was just um, something that you don't wish on anybody. And um, but you also uh, for me, it gave me a perspective on life. Every time I hear about someone dying from gun violence, I think about my own experience gun and the violence. shock and the pain that goes with it. And that's one of the reasons I've really taken on, um, you know, the gun violence prevention uh, issue He's as an anti-gun guy, kind of a pet project, something that I, I really devote a lot of time to. Yeah, I, I was going to say, Steve, number one, I want to thank you personally. I want to thank Greg Popovich. We got a lot of other great coaches. Popovich. You know, talking Did you about Popovich George Floyd. Tell him you, to stop you, booing you people. You brilliant about that. You and Coach Popovich about police brutality. But to piggyback on your point about the gun violence, what what do you think really needs to be done? Because we seem to be having these conversations every week, every month, every year. Right. What 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 do we really need to do to address gun violence? Well, unfortunately, our democracy what, what is not mean? working right now, Charles. Because if you look at the the, the data, eighty percent of Americans, eighty to ninety percent of Americans want universal background checks, regardless if you're a Republican or a Democrat. Seventy percent of Americans think that weapons of of uh, military um, backgrounds, AR-15, semi-automatic rifles. 70% uh, of us don't believe that American citizens should have their hands on weapons like those. But our policy don't reflect that. Our policies that, that the government has the power to put in place don't reflect the people's wishes. And so it, it's yet another issue in American society that's tied up in politics and money and power. Frankly, what we actually need is is some Republican candidates to be able to run on a policy of guns uh, violence prevention and not be kicked out of their party. Um, if they Republican can actually take away run and win elections with the idea of protecting American families, now our democracy will work. But we're too tied up in, in political turmoil for that to actually happen right now. Yeah, and I'm thinking about the political turmoil in the Middle East. You see how they're keeping it away from this, Barkley? This they war in particular question, seems to be so hard to talk about, Steve. Whatever your position. He's never this Whatever quiet your position, you're going to yeah. offend someone. 
And do you have any guidance on how we can navigate that? I'm wondering, because I read that your dad really did believe in peace in the Middle East. He would get very excited about the prospect of peace in the Middle East. He, that was his uh, area of expertise. He grew up in Lebanon. Uh, he spoke fluent Arabic. Uh, when I was growing up, uh, that's all I heard at the dinner table was uh, the Arab-Israeli peace uh, possibility. Uh, I remember you didn't when talk about in 1979, zone defense and man to man, I was 14, I guess. Um, square your feet to shoot a three. When uh, Carter and Begin and Sadat mm-hmm. uh, stood on the White House lawn. Uh, Camp David Accords was He's signed. Like a there was finally athlete, peace between like, I Israel. had no idea Steve Kerr's dad was that involved in Middle East politics. And Steve Kerr was a great three-point shooter. Now, he, he won his rings because of Michael Jordan, who he has said he's terrified of. You don't see Michael Jordan doing stuff like this. But it's like it, it, it's, they went to him, and because of his background, he, he has a role here. Explain the nuances, but... My thought is it's all about the nuance. And unfortunately, in our society today, people don't want to recognize nuance. They want black and white. They want you're either on this side or that side. Um, My advice to people, read Tom Friedman uh, from The New York Times. Tom Friedman is the foremost expert uh, on Middle East peace. He's been studying this issue his entire life. All of his articles the last few weeks Really, so that's who shapes his opinion. The Friedman. fact that there are Israeli people who are desperately trying to help people in the Gaza Strip, there there were Palestinian people desperately trying to help Israelis on that awful day of October seventh mm-hmm. get to safety. Humanity exists, and you know that's the search. That. We we have to find the humanity within all this, but it's so Israel difficult. Gaza given the atrocities and given the, the state of our world today and social media and how, how we sort of communicate together. Yeah, that's good advice about Tom Friedman. You are spot on about that. You know, Steve, number one, I, I didn't know a lot about your dad, but just listening to you speak about him and watching that little 30-second clip we shown, you, you're talking about how happy he was during that time. Between him, uh, Phil Jackson, Greg Popovich, you're talking about Three of the most amazing men sound like been blessed to have in your life. How do all three of those men influence you? It's a great question, Charles. I think about um, all three uh, all the time, uh, especially my father, of course. Popovich is the coach uh, of the but Spurs. The, the um, opportunity to play for Phil and Pop. Um, Phil was a coach a of the gift. Bulls back in the day. What a gift. What the, what I think about is the curiosity. And the Lakers. Uh, not only of um, basketball, but the world. Um, having interest outside the game for Phil and Pop, uh, the perspective they provided for our teams, the idea that there's way more going on out there than just this game, uh, really helped me become a better player and, and a better but person, a better teammate. Coach. And uh, I try to impart some of that wisdom that I learned from from those three figures, my dad and Phil and Pop, uh, to some of our players. and and. Um, but no question, I, I've, I've been in, incredibly blessed to have uh, an amazing father um, and, uh, and, and some, some incredible coaches as well. And then you carry on that as uh, the legacy of being an incredible coach. And well, was- the Golden State Warriors are 8-10 and 10 right now and in 10th place, so it seems like he should focus a little bit more on their offense and defensive schemes than promoting gun control on CNN. Greg Popovich is a Spurs coach. He's a great coach, but he also is an outspoken, seems to be liberal. 
And the other day, he actually grabbed the microphone during the game from the scorer's table, and he told his own crowd to stop booing the opposing player. Understand the NBA playoffs is like a two month marathon. That's true, and they've had so much success. And everybody gets older when you have a lot of success. So I said, I said two years ago, I said it's going to come down to the young guys on the Warriors, and uh, they let one of them, Wiseman, go. Yeah, but didn't you make a comment What's about up, the JC? Warriors last night? Didn't I see a post from you last night? Yeah, it's about on, getting me, cooked. Yeah, let me tell you something. Did you, you see that, Steve? Steve, Steve. Didn't you see that, no, Gail, Gail? So here's the fun stuff. It, but I'm okay with it. I, I, I'm used to, I'm used to Charles's comments, so hey, I'm okay with it. Which you, know, you will not get okay, Charles's comments Steve, here. Don't believe everything you read on the internet, because <laughs> no, me and Gail, hey, no. me, me, because <laughs> me and Gail apparently hate each other. Gail's uh, looking on her yeah, phone. Yeah, there for is Charles's a story. Yeah, but imaginary. that's not true. <laughs> But didn't I, you, you said I also something remember about them, yeah. that uh, Charles that that no, I was going to say. I also remember you you claimed you were misquoted in your own autobiography. So yes, I remember that. Too. Yes, 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 I, yes. <laughs> did. First of all, I said I didn't remember one thing. Steve, hey Steve, stop messing up the interview. We're having a great interview. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you go on. You Great go question. On. Steve Kerr, thank you, thank you, thank you very much for joining us. We really appreciate it. You have made it, Steve. You're the first guest on our first show. You have made it. Hey. I am honored. There's and, no way uh, this show is going to last. I'm just working with you, Charles. And, uh, They're going to have to run in distraction. Great to be with you, Gail. Barkley. Thank you, guys. Thank you, thank, thank you, Steve. Cheering you on always. Bring it in. Steve How's this for a dream job? The reason you're hearing Wildest Dreams by Taylor Swift, there you hear it right now, Wildest Dreams by Taylor Swift, is because Taylor Swift and Beyonce now have their own official beat reporters. What's your favorite Taylor Swift song? Oh, I don't know a lot, but I'm going to just warn Taylor Smith one thing. Travis Kelsey is a Smith. good friend of mine. <laughs> if she write a bad song about Travis, I'm coming for her. Called. See, that's abuse against that's a women. Threat. That's not a threat. It's a promise, like, Taylor. That's the type of thing that will get her kicked very off. afraid, I'm sure. They're level. going to make their television debut in the studio with us. We'll be right back. So even that, that, that was just, if, if Charles takes that little thing a little bit further, then that would get him kept, kicked off. But again, completely running distraction on Barkley. And then they had that Laura Coates chick who also had a purple outfit on. What, what is this? It's like everybody looks like Stacey Abrams here. Barkley, it, Taylor, yeah, Taylor Smith is, is what he said. Do you, that Taylor Smith, Travis Cleese, I guess, is that how you say his name? Is such an annoying media staged the, love affair. Maybe they do like each other now. Maybe they actually do. Because, you know, you can be in a movie with somebody, cast as a boyfriend, girlfriend, and if you're on set long enough, because when you're on set, you're there for long, long hours. And if the whole time you are getting into a mind space of, I am in love with this person and this character they're playing, then it's people fall in love that way. I mean, that, that like you can get people to fall in love by putting them in situations where everything tells them to fall in love. So maybe they truly are, but I hate to break it to them. There's also going to be a very public breakup between those two because that is what the media narrative demands. It demands a new Taylor Swift song that is written about Travis Kalise that all of the opponents of whatever team he's on plays 
during games against him to mock him. And I am 100% confident that that is what's going to happen. And they're going to sell more products, more TV time. And hell, if I were them, what I would do is I would set up a situation where after Taylor and Travis break up, Taylor, Taylor Smith, as Charles called her, dates one of his most hated rivals in the NFL, maybe even his brother. But I don't think his brother would go for it. But definitely a rival. And that way, it's a huge media event. Maybe even get those two teams in the Super Bowl. And the Super Bowl becomes about the the end of the the volatile end of the relationship between Travis, Cleese, and Taylor, and the romance between his most hated rival and the pursuit of the Super Bowl championship. I mean, that's the way I would play the narrative out. We'll see. Maybe this year, maybe next year, but it's definitely not going to end in wedding bells for those two. There is 0% chance of that, in my opinion. If I'm wrong, then I'll admit it. I have no problem admitting that. ARM says that, saw a headline that said, Taylor Swift is moving into Cleese's $6 million house, which has to be a, a downsize from her like $500 million house. It, she's a, is she not a billionaire? She's not a billionaire yet. She's close. She's definitely far more wealthy and popular than Travis. Most people outside of hardcore NFL fans and Chiefs fans specifically and Pfizer commercial fans had no idea who this guy was before the whole Taylor Swift thing. I, I just don't believe it's real. The guy dates voluptuous black women in his past. You don't just change from that to a rail-thin blonde. It's just not... I, I, he's probably not 100% happy because she is not his type. That's my opinion. Her tickets were $20,000. Who has $20,000 for a Taylor Swift ticket? I just don't... If you, if you can afford to go to one of her concerts, how do they sell out like that? I guess that, yeah, yeah. A football ticket, you can get pretty cheap. So if you want to go see Taylor Swift, you got to go to a Kansas City Chiefs game. Cleese and Smith. K&S. Taylor Swift Smith. Yeah, it's Smith. I'm probably saying his name wrong because I actually have never heard of the guy before all this news about him, and the news is annoying about him. All right, here they are. You see that purple logo? That is Beyonce's, you know it, Run the World. And the answer to that question is, Queen well, B. her and Taylor Swift. Thank you very much. Listen to this. Together, Taylor Swift and Beyonce won 44 Grammy Awards, released 19 number one hits, headlined 15 concert tours, and sold hundreds of millions of records. Already, two of the most iconic I, artists I did imply that, time, Aaron. Once you go black, you never go so back. earlier this year, <laughs> Gannett, the largest newspaper publisher in this country, hired the I first did. ever... Taylor Swift and Beyonce beat reporters. Is that a dream job? Some people say, yeah. Brian West knows Taylor Swift all too well. See what I did there? I love the reference. You got that? Kelsey. And when it comes okay, to reporting you, on Beyonce, Cachet McClay is irreplaceable. See what I did there? Oh. I love that. <laughs> you got that, Charles? You know those are two uh, songs, I got right? it. Thank you okay. for the uh, pronunciation. <laughs> <Yes>. Thank you. <laughs> we just want to keep him current, don't we? Okay. We just want to keep him current. Okay, so you guys beat out hundreds of people for this job. Tell me, you start us off, Brian. This is just 
something I couldn't even imagine in my wildest dreams, knowing that we could actually be reporters so covering the beat. An ad and, you, read, you read an ad and said, I want that job, and you went... These are interviews with people who were hired by newspaper chains to specifically cover the Beyonce and Taylor Swift beats. And I said, the only thing that would bring me back is if I could report on Taylor every day. And it brought me back. And that's it's a very heterosexual guy here. So do you travel to every concert? I would love that. Actually, if we could just put Barkley in a word to do give that. A shit about right this. now, though, I am just covering her. Just like any fan, I've been watching the live streams, honestly, from one of my friend's closets until my really place was ready in Nashville. Yeah. And so just yeah, following been in the closet the news for a long time. Having sources, what I love about this space is I now have fans and friends that are in Argentina and Brazil who are kind of reporting from the concert and letting me Telling know you what's happening. How did you get the job? So he's a reporter yeah, well, who's having online, other people and immediately report. I started like praying because I was like praying, praying. Because I was just like, it just felt so like meant for me. And I was so excited. And so once I got through the first round of interviews, um, I got a call back and I was just so emotional. What kind of questions did they ask you in the interview? I'm curious. Yeah, we went through so many rounds. I mean, they asked us our relationship with Beyonce, our background as journalists. Um, We had to do lots of panels, video submissions. So writing tests, a video test. So we had a, you know, our fair share of rounds. How many times have you seen Beyonce? I actually only saw Renaissance on her birthday in Los Angeles. That was your first concert? Yeah. Really? Yeah. That's the one you went to? Yeah, yeah, in July. Oh, in July, yeah. So the the big news in Beyonce land right now is Tina Knowles. Yeah. Talk about a clapback of all clapbacks because people were criticizing her, came for her, after looking at her at the premiere, uh, the Renaissance film, saying that she was trying to look white, which is just so outrageous. I call it fashion. But Tina Knowles really took on the haters. What did you think about that? I mean, I think she said it the best. Um, I think to reach that level of stardom and success, I think it's very unfortunate that um, racism and sexism still exists. And I was like, like any mother, I think Tina knows clapping back. She was just protecting her daughter. Um, And I thought the claims were ridiculous. I thought Tina said every time she does something that she works her ass off for and is a statement of her work ethic, talent and resilience. Hear you, sad little haters. This, obviously, come out of the part of this jealousy is and racism, sexism, double standards, and you perpetuate those things. And she goes on and on, calls them clowns, calls them bozos. And I really appreciated that she took the stand. And she said, Beyonce will be pissed at me yep. for doing this, but I'm speaking up. And I'm so happy she did. I couldn't agree more with everything she said. Barkley is the equivalent of when you bring a really good looking chick onto some show or some shoot just to have the thing that people want to be there. I'm not saying that he's like a sexy model, but he's the, as, uh, who said it earlier on the, on the rumble stream out to find the, the comment. Oh, I think it was Z Varnell. He's there to be the attraction, but we're going to keep him as quiet as possible. But here he is. He's t- speaking only right talented. Here. Uh, I hope it's true. Cause Travis is a great dude. Yeah. He seems it, to be. What I would say with that is they are the, a a couple, real deal. They're the fairy tale that's playing out. It's a love story. Baby. Fairy just tale. say yes. I find it story. interesting that, <laughs> it, that it's a stark <laughs> contrast to the last it's relationship. Not- it was very much for six years. Let's keep our private life private. Here you have now Travis and her being very public. She supports him at Kansas City Chiefs games. He's going down to Argentina. She's changing the lyrics to her song. To include Karma him. is the guy yeah. on the chief coming straight home to me. She's and I think fans just love seeing something happy. Yeah. Are they endgame? I think it's possible. She's saying that song to she's saying that song to him while he was there in the crowd. 
So what's the line for you between PR that and guy is But Charles, I'm curious about dating high-profile people. Because it was reported back in the day that you dated a high-profile singer. It's, it's, um, <laughs> it's, uh, 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 it's nerve-wracking. You never get in a peace and quiet. Uh-huh. You never get in a peace and quiet. You have to worry about paparazzi all the time. And it just sucks. And like her name someone. was? <laughs> Stop it, Gail. You <laughs> think Gail and, and Barkley? Brian Cachet. We love you, Gail. We're going to fight on our first night. <laughs> no, no, we're not. But it is a great story. Like I said, we're going to be, t- thank you guys and congratulations. And Barclays we're going to be taking your calls and answering your questions here on King Charles. And moments away, we've got our very first voicemail from, ooh, we already have a, Charles, we already have a mystery friend of the show. All right, so this is bullshit. So this is, I've been trying to call into the show ever since we got that number. And uh, Rumble helped me, uh, uh, Z Varnell helped me get the number right. And look at that image of, of Anderson Cooper, the Vanderbilt, how young he was there. But I've been calling in, and it's busy every time. I think the phone's off the hook. And what they did was they said they already had they had pre-recorded voicemails. Is there any any question about that? These are pre-recorded voicemails. I I, I bet I could call a thousand times every time they did a show, and I will never get through. Because what are the odds that they had their first voicemail and they already have a friend of the show? And I bet that the voicemail says something that gives Charles the opportunity to say something silly, but not substantial or controversial enough to cross the line for CNN. And then Gail, who's controlling the whole situation, will just take it back and redirect it to whoever the next guest is. Charles should feel stupid. I mean, he's not stupid. Hopefully he'll eventually recognize it, but unless he's just agreeing to do all of this, he is clearly being handled, and they're, they're, they're just passing him off and, and placating him. They're not actually looking for his point of view in any of these topics. And like I said, sometimes he leans left or leans right. He just says things that are often practical on, inside the NBA. And sometimes that pisses people off on the left or right. But definitely that's not a level of flexibility and commentary that they're going to allow to him here. And Gail King is his purple handler there. It's just, and he's been married since 1989 to a white chick uh, named Maureen Bloomhart. It look, looks pretty. And I don't know what model that she was talking about that he was, well, I don't know. I, I, there's a 0% chance that Taylor and Kevin are a real relationship, in my opinion. Is this pre-recorded? You know, they, that's a good question, Aram. This is apparently not pre-recorded, but we don't know that because they had these pre-recorded commercials and, and commentary that they're sitting in the same environment. It could very well be pre-recorded. It pro- actually, it probably is, now that you say that. There's, you think they would ever like do this live? That's a great question. Actually, yeah, I'm going to try and figure that out because that's important because you can edit stuff. You can make everything look different. And I love how they brought up very briefly. Is it real that this relationship or no, of course, it's not real. It's not real at all. And 
these these reporters. So they bring these reporters on. We should have a segment where we bring people on who have gotten hired to be journalists specifically to cover Taylor Swift, her beat, and the Beyonce beat. And, uh, of course, you have the gay white guy covering the Taylor Swift beat and the pretty black girl covering the Beyonce beat. But these are not journalists. These are fanboys and fangirls. Journalists ask questions. These two are in love with the people who they're covering, which means they will never criticize anything that they say, and they will essentially, if the public figures want them to, become mouthpieces for whatever it is that they want to propagate. Now, I don't know how big their platform is, but you have CNN here propping them up. This is a kind of a strange little experiment that CNN's doing. What do you guys think of it so far? Oh, no, I was asking you. I, I didn't say you're silly, uh, Aram. I... I didn't say it was pre-recorded. If I said that, I, I didn't mean to say that. I don't. I do not know if it's pre-recorded. I think that that's a good question. Is what I was saying. It seems now that I see that pre-chosen. Well, I completely misread that. Then pre-chosen. Yes. Well, it, it it's probably pre-recorded. But you put that in my mind either way. <laughs> uh. Not pre-recorded, but pre-chosen. I see what you said now. Now I'll go back to it. My mistake. I didn't mean to misrepresent your comment there. Yeah. It's probably pre-recorded now that, now that I think about it. Because it's pretty late. Both Barkley and Gail King are in their 60s. I mean, they should be in bed, you know, an hour and a half ago. Here they are. What I can't get is the color scheme. I just cannot really get past this color. The color psychology is a real thing, number. you know? Just for you. I love our number, Charles. Say it like, again, please. Uh, one, they might as well put Barkley in a purple suit. Three, four. And we think we're being king. king. We think we're being clever because we took the three, four, three, four from It doesn't your work. It's busy every time. It's an you call homage to you. I think well, that's nice. Well, well, that was like, Bella's idea, one of the producers. I love that idea. Yeah. Well, well, she's try, about time to up with one good idea. <laughs> Leave us, leave, leave us a message and we might play it for you nope, on the air won't. and answer busy. your question. Just like this. Here's call number one. Hey, Gail, it's Shaq here from Atlanta. I have a question. I'm just wondering why a smart, sophisticated person like yourself would agree to sit next to a dummy like Chuck all along for an hour every week. Anyway, let me know, Gail. Love you. Bye-bye. Love you too, Shaq. I think that's his way of saying congratulations to you, Chuck. That's, uh, and that he has... Shaq's name was also in purple, like Gail's suit or outfit. Big. That's what that meant. Yes, I That was so really too. cool for him to take the time. I mean, it ain't like he's doing anything. We only work one, we only work one, we only work one day a week. I hope they that make was him cool, wear a dress. I love the big fella. You know, I got a lot of love for him, Ernie, and Kenny. We have a lot of fun at work. But really, I'm This really is glad. my new gig now. Yeah, I feel that way, too. I'm yeah. glad that now we get the opportunity. That's his new gig now. You should know, America, neither one of us was looking for another job. What attracted me to this was you. And same thing. I was a, I, only, I would only do this with you, Gail. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe he'll do it. He'll only do it with him or her. But so they advertise this phone number where we can call in to leave messages to the public and ask the questions that we want to hear the answers from them for. And they tease us. And then they say, we have our first supporter of the show in the first question. And it's a staged call from Shaquille O'Neal, his co-host, that him and the other guy, him and Shaq together get ratings. It's such a it's it's I'm bullshit. Only. After that, it'll be 10 o'clock. And here's a little note. You, shameless, shameless plug. I think this plug. is it. You can catch me tomorrow morning on CBS Mornings at 7 a.m. I'm leaving here and oh going right God. to bed. Where are you going? Uh, I'm not going to bed. <laughs> 
Where's he going to go? I'm not going to bed. Where are you going, Should Jack? I stop asking you questions? Oh, yes, you should. Oh, he's got to go to... He might go do right something. He might go to a strip club. Abby, we love you, too. But don't you go anywhere. Laura Coates Live, who you met earlier today, starts right now. Well, what's Laura going to say? <laughs> They'll be... So they have the little handoff transition. I wonder how Laura will handle that. <laughs> Laura Coates Live. Well, the countdown now is on. The truce is literally saved lives. It might expire at the stroke of midnight, our time. What right. will happen if... All right, get rid of that. They neutered Charles Barkley. Charles Barkley was put on the bench. This was the equivalent of... If you ever watch college basketball, on senior night, what they do is... The starting five, they will put the walk-ons, the short white dudes who have never played more than 30 seconds their entire career but are good practice players. They will put them in to start, and everybody in the crowd will stand up and give those short white guys who have worked their ass off. And look, those guys are good at basketball, okay? I I was offered a walk-on spot on my college basketball team. I would not have played much. I didn't accept it, but but those guys are good players, but they don't get their moment to shine and be celebrated until senior night on their fourth year, and everybody cheers them, and sometimes at the end of games when the, the their team is up by 20 points, they get to come in and shoot, and if they score, the crowd goes wild and the bench goes wild. They put the senior walk-on white guys in for about 30 seconds, and after the tip, and somebody dribbles, and a shot is taken, and and the home team gets a rebound. The home team calls a timeout, and then the short white guys, the walk-ons, they walk off the court to a standing ovation by the arena, and that's the rest of the game. They won't play any longer after that. that. That's the equivalent of what they just did to Charles Barkley. They turned him into a short white fifth year walk on player who they just brought in to get some cheers from the crowd. Tits McGee says, safe to say this is probably Charles' humiliation ritual for something we don't know about. Maybe, because that that is humiliating. I, I do not understand why his name is in purple on the ad. I get why they use those colors for color psychology. That I can't remember the exact thing that that color represents. I just know Stacey Abrams use it all the time, and I did look it up before, and we can look it up right now. What is purple in color psychology? Purple in color psychology. Let's see. Uh, purple combines the calm stability of blue and fierce energy of red. The color purple is often associated with royalty, nobility, luxury, power, and ambition which fits Stacey Abrams pretty perfectly. And it was like a mix of pink and purple with, with Gail's, like her out, she was dressed like a, an 18-year-old girl going to watch Barbie for the first time. What about pink? What does pink mean in color psychology? What is pink? Let's see what pink, what is pink and... And that, you know, pink is also the the women's march shit right now. Color psychology suggests that okay, um, the color pink is thought to be a calming color, just like purple, associated with love, kindness, and femininity. So we have the colors of femininity and of royalty and nobility being expressed. 
for Sir, Sir Charles, Sir Charles Barkley, which gives you the associations of the King, and a- King of England, is being put in the color purple, the color of nobility. NWO often wears purple. Yes. Yeah, exactly. It's just, I, I, I don't, that, that show, you're right. So they're going to be running interference on Barkley. And I don't know how long it's going to last. I, 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 I keep going back to the comment on Rumble from Z Varnell about they're just going to replace them after, or they'll, they'll cancel. That's, I think that's definitely going to happen because they can't keep doing this. He'll eventually say something that's not uh, allowed. But notice how they, they made a big deal to advertise that call-in number. To make it seem legitimate, you can call in and talk to, make contact with the host. They will respond to you. The only phone call that they took was a pre-recorded phone call from Shaquille O'Neal. They took zero phone calls from anyone watching this show live. I hope Charles, I hope that he is not being cucked out for CNN. I hope that he goes back to inside the NBA and he starts probably because Shaq will rib him. You didn't get a lot of time to talk there, Charles. And Charles starts saying, you know, I, I, they, they did. They didn't let me talk. They, they, they brought all these people on. And I think there's a little setup going on. I hope he is aware enough to recognize that he's being cucked out and they're attempting to use his ego to placate him. Because you, you can tell the way, so they bookended the show, they started the show by going around man on the street stuff with Barkley and people going, you're Charles Barkley, you're Charles Barkley, I'm excited to meet you, boosting up his ego there. And then you open up the show and Gail King and Barkley do this little fun back and forth, which was obviously scripted. And maybe that's what, maybe I, I meant to say scripted Aram and Tits McGee, but maybe I said pre-recorded earlier. But that was an obviously scripted moment, and that satisfies Barkley's need to say the funny, silly thing. And then Gail King takes over, and then they kind of, you know, periodically through that hour-long show, would right before a commercial, give Bark, you know, set Barkley up with a softball that enabled him to satisfy that need to be Barkley, but in a very controlled way. So they delivered him lines that they knew what the punchline from Barkley would be from. They might have even rehearsed it with him. And then they gave him zero control of anything else. Even the Steve Kerr interview, and Barkley's a basketball guy. They brought Steve Kerr in, the coach of the Golden State Warriors, and they had Gail King conduct an interview with him about his father, who was apparently assassinated, I had no idea, but was deep into Middle East politics. And the only time they allowed Charles Barkley, who is the basketball player and expert, to talk to the basketball coach of the Golden State Warriors was at the tail end of that interview when he said, what do you think the solution is for gun control? And that's it. Or the gun problem, that he, they, how they presented it on there. So it's like... It's like when you think you think you're or you convince a child that you're giving them power over something. It's like, would you like to cut the grass, son? You're going to help me cut the grass. And then you give them, you can cut this patch of grass and then you give them a little plastic lawnmower that's not actually doing anything so that they feel like they're contributing and they feel accomplished when it's over. But you know, 
that they actually didn't cut shit with that little fucking plastic lawnmower, and all they did was walk around and feel like they were being productive. And that's what Charles Barkley was in this show, which they titled King Charles, also to placate his ego. Who is not going to, at least for a little while, be a part of a show that is called King and then your name? Like, hey, we'd like to do a show with you on primetime called King Brad. King Binkley, King Arem, King Tits McGee, King Noble, King JC. It's like, wow, I'm flattered. Yeah, yeah if it's going to be King. Yeah, I mean, it, it's enticing. This is all about sucking his D and, and get trying to win over all of that NBA audience. Aaron says Barkley took the job because it fits perfectly into his life. It gives him spending money and his time perfectly to hit the strip clubs on the way home. Jacqueline says, What's, you know, maybe. So I think this is filmed, it's either filmed in New York or Atlanta. I think Barkley actually lives in Atlanta because Inside the NBA is filmed here. Shaq actually used to go to the LA Fitness like a mile and a half from my place. I, I never ran into him there, but people I, I, I went there with did. I always wanted to because I wanted to like challenge him to one-on-one, but I, you know, it never happened and he never got to get embarrassed by a short white guy. But you know, Shaq's a beast. He, he's uh Shaq was a beast in the NBA. He's still, he's still a beast. Could probably score 10 points a game still. Uh, but Barkley is coming into this show, and the whole, the whole idea about him hitting up the strip clubs, well, I, I have no idea. They implied that, certainly. which I kind of think that's probably not true. But they did this fun little bit afterwards where it's, oh, you're not going home, Charles. Charles is like, hell, he's like 62 years old. That doesn't mean you can't go out to a strip club if you're 62 years old, but he's probably not going to be going out to a strip club because if Barkley were hitting up strip clubs all the time around Atlanta, you know, that would be all over the news. He's 60. Oh, he's just 60. Because he's been married for a long time, you know, unless he's in an open relationship. But the fact that they're like, yeah, we should, we should do a little bit at the end here where we, make it seem like the former NBA basketball player, the, the black guy, is hitting up the strip clubs on the way home, maybe cheating on his wife. Seems a little insulting to me. King Tits sounds like a, a, a tranny. Yeah, King Tits does sound like a tranny. Yeah, anybody says, hi, I'm King Tits, they might be King Dick. So I'd be careful. Makes me think of that song, is it, is it Funky Comedina? Is it Tone Loke that, that sang that song from the 90s? Where, you know, he's t- in the song he's talking about, you know, y- you must be sure that the girl is pure for the funky Cole Medina because Gina was a man. Okay. Tis McGee says, yeah, King, King me says my D-A-L-O-L. I don't know, man. I, I'm kind of encouraged by what I saw there because it felt like me, like they were trying to distract and deceive Barkley without him realizing it. So that makes me lean towards Barkley not being bought in fully to all of this because if he were fully bought in, they wouldn't have to run all those distractions and minimize his uh, ability to respond and talk about things. They wouldn't have to put bubble wrap around. It's like they bubble wrapped Barkley. I mean, it's like they think he's stupid too, the way they treated him. But if they continue to do that, I, I think that he's a smart enough guy that 
he would recognize this if I'm correct. I mean, he is smart enough to recognize it. If he doesn't recognize it, if he doesn't say something, then he's playing along. And maybe you're right. Maybe he's just leaving TNT, TBS, and he's taking his paycheck from CNN. Because he's actually talked about leaving inside the NBA because he gets criticized and in trouble all the time because he says inappropriate things about women often. He's very funny. And they, they, they give him shit about it, but that's also what gets the ratings. So what do you guys think? How long will the show last? How long until Barkley says something unacceptable? And I think this we're going to wrap it up. Thanks for watching this with me. I just I figured if I was going to watch it, I might as well live stream it because I know you guys have good, good comments in there. Uh, Barkley is being bought, brought in to save CNN. I, I think that that is some of it there. They, they have such low credibility. And they do this late night show. And it was at, what, is it 10 o'clock that it started? Which I found to be interesting. Uh, Derek, we were watching Barkley's debut show on CNN with Gail King. And all they did was run interference on him and, and try and neuter what he could say. And I'm just kind of speculating on, does that mean that maybe Barkley is not buying into the CNN propaganda? He thinks he can actually genuinely, like, uh, uh, do good conversations or, or maybe he's just taking the paycheck as we got a few comments because they don't they, he can get this paycheck probably millions of dollars and walk away why, why the f not time will tell as it has told tone loke's been rocking the microphone since he was 10 years old to go back to the funky cone medina and i think i'll wrap it up on funky cone medina thank one month says a rem all right, guys, thanks for hanging out with me and doing this little experiment. I do appreciate it. And so now I want to go, I want to go watch NBA inside the NBA now tomorrow. Because now it's like, is, because if I'm Shaquille O'Neal, because they, they did that fake Shaquille O'Neal phone call. If I'm Shaquille O'Neal and I'm going in, or if I'm Kenny and I'm going into inside the NBA, I'm spending all my time writing jokes to make fun of Barkley's first appearance. I'm making fun of his purple name in the lights. I'm making fun of how they didn't let him say shit. I'm making fun of how Gail King was the king. Not it should have been called King Gail and Bitch Charles. That I'm I'm bringing all that shit up and inside the NBA. So if you want to see something that might be a little bit more provocative, tune in to the next Inside the NBA, which is probably tomorrow. They do it, I think, almost. Every time NBA games are on TNT. All right. Thanks, guys. We'll talk to you next time. Well, hold on a second. One more comment. Actually, I just saw Derek says, Barkley was doing podcasts with Fauci. His podcast with Ernie. So you're saying he brought in Fauci onto his podcast with Ernie Johnson. Yeah, no. So that's what I was saying earlier that I like Barkley, except his vaccine position. I didn't realize he was actually bringing Fauci onto his podcast. Do you think, Derek, that that is... Do you think he's naive, Barkley, to that? Or, or do you think that that is him kind of buying in for a paycheck? Because Barkley would seem like someone, this is what bothers me about that. Barkley would seem like someone who, if you told about the Tuskegee experiment, if you learned about how people like Fauci and black nurses and black doctors were used to manipulate black people into never being treated for syphilis for 40 years so that the white doctors could see the ravaged corpse that syphilis destroyed for the purpose of their own 
I think it was uh, not John. What was it? Not John Mark. John Hopkins research. I, I would think that would piss Barkley off. So I think if Bar- maybe it, maybe he is full of shit. I don't know. I'm just my my hope my hope is that Barkley is the Barkley that I would like to believe that he is, and not the one that would love Fauci. All right. Thanks, guys. We'll talk to you next time. Have a fantastic rest of your day.